That's what makes us tough. We keep a coming. We're the people that live. They can't wipe us out. They can't lick us. The change has started, and the change in Detroit is real. Welcome into Opportunity Detroit. Hi, this is Paul W. Smith, usually with you Monday through Friday mornings from 6 till 9, but here too on this great program of people talking about Detroit, all the work taking place to redefine our city. We'll welcome in Joshua Edmonds, Director of Digital Inclusion for the City of Detroit. We'll talk also with Casey Herbis, the Chief Marketing Officer of Rocket Mortgage, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Speaking of that classic, Cam Davis will be with us. He's the defending champion of this great Rocket Mortgage Classic that's coming up. And then finally, Megan Burritz, the leader of business development of PlantedDetroit.com. It's all about opportunity, Detroit, and it's all right now. Detroit, Michigan. On Opportunity Detroit, we're saying hi to Joshua Edmonds. Joshua is the Director of Digital Inclusion with the City of Detroit. And uh, let me tell you, that the whole idea about this inclusion uh, and everything that's come up with the Rocket Mortgage Classic and bridging the digital divide, all of that's got to make the city of Detroit very, very happy. And Joshua Edmonds is is that director of digital inclusion. You've been in this role, what, I think three years now, Joshua? Yeah, so we're about uh, three and a half years in, and um, it doesn't look like we're showing any signs slowing. And in fact, it looks like we are um, intensifying in our efforts, and that's always a beautiful thing. Well, yeah, it, it is a beautiful thing that that somebody even noticed and is doing something about it in a very big way. And I, I've said it before, I'll say it again and again, the the folks that have put together the whole Rocket Mortgage Classic, and I'm talking about starting at the top with Dan Gilbert, Jay Farner, the whole team, they wanted to make an impact on the city, and they are doing that, and they're causing other uh, PGA venues to do the same thing, make a big difference in the community where they are. Now, meanwhile, uh, you have been the longest-serving full-time digital inclusion uh, officer, really, in, in City Hall, and you have experience working at various levels of government between federal, state, and municipal, so you're well uh, prepared to deal with all of these things. How's it going? Well, it's, it's definitely going uh, well, and, you know, you're absolutely spot on with mentioning the leadership on the Rocket Mortgage Classic side. Uh, you know, Jay Farner actually chairs our connect through and three effort which connect through and three being the recipient of the funding that is raised from the rocket mortgage classic all intended on and committed to bridging detroit's digital divide but you know i moved to detroit in january 2019 i'm, I'm originally from the very tropical city of cleveland ohio <laughs> <laughs> And you know, ever since 2019, uh, it's it's been a um, it's been a sprint. I'll be honest. Uh, you know, Detroit has a digital divide, uh, like most major American cities. And whenever we say the digital divide, basically what we're talking about is residents not having access to the internet, residents not having access to uh, computers or any type of uh, device that they're able to connect to the internet. In addition, residents not really knowing how to use technology. And so we roll all that up into one thing. We call that the digital divide. 
And so since 2019, we've been able to make some amazing strides and build some incredible partnerships. Obviously, the Rocket Mortgage Classic being one of them. But, you know, in addition to them, we've been able to work with a national nonprofit by the name of Human IT that has been able to open up an entire operation in Detroit that is focusing on refurbishing devices and getting those devices out into the hands of community members. And um, we have a network of neighbor technology hubs across the city that we'll talk a little more about later as well as uh, a network of community ambassadors that are helping us to get our engagement right on the ground. And so it's just been a phenomenal effort to be able to work with so many different partners, all committed to a uh, very worthy cause, because when people think about the digital divide, uh, you know, they're sometimes missing the second layer of it, which, you know, you start getting into how do people remain, you know, engaged on day-to-day affairs. A lot of that stuff happens online. How does one fill out their census? Well, now that's online. Uh, you know, filling out a job application, uh, even booking sometimes healthcare appointments. I mean, it's it's the internet is you know ubiquitous, and if our efforts aren't concentrated in a way that put residents at the center and getting them digitally acclimated, well, we're shooting ourselves in the foot for tomorrow. Sure, and and we do have a tendency to take for granted things that we have and use on a regular basis, and forgetting that there's a whole group of people. Uh, We're diminishing that group, thankfully, because of work uh, like yours, Joshua Edmonds, as Director of Digital Inclusion for the City of Detroit. But there are a lot of people that don't have these advantages, and, uh, and, and I think most of us can understand what a disadvantage we would be at by not having bridged this digital divide. Now, you have referred to yourself, Joshua, in the past as an intrapreneur. Remind me what that means. <laughs> uh, yes. So I, I, I definitely do refer to myself as an entrepreneur. And pretty much um, what that means is I will go into organizations and um, I kind of have like this internal goal of transforming them for the better. So no different than an entrepreneur that's going to develop a product or a service and then essentially, you know, impact the world. Uh, I do that internally within organizations. And so even before coming to Detroit, uh, when I was working in Cleveland, I worked in public housing and um, was still focusing on Internet access at the time, but helping uh, the housing authority find ways to actually get their footing on bridging the digital divide and setting setting up an operation there. I did the same thing when I was working for the Cleveland Foundation in philanthropy, setting up a way that they could find ways to invest in bridging Northeast Ohio's digital divide. And so when it came time for me to come to Detroit and working on this issue once more, um, a lot of it was, you know, the, the, the city of Detroit was the first city in the country to have a director of digital inclusion. Um, this role didn't exist before. And so the fact that we have now been able to set up an operationalized way of thinking about this and actually impacting day-to-day lives in Detroiters I think that's the piece where you're going to hear that entrepreneur-style um, work manifest much more as other cities are now replicating and having a director of digital inclusion and an office of digital inclusion within their respective cities, too. Well, as the, the chief advocate of, Connect, of, the, of the Connect 313 fund, uh, uh, you guys have just announced uh, the launch of 17 new tech hubs in Detroit. So what, is, what does that mean for the city's residents, Joshua? Uh, before I even touch on that, you know, with the Connect Through and Three Fund, um, again, that is from proceeds that are raised from the Rocket Mortgage Classic, as well as the joint leadership of our founding partners in Microsoft, United Way, the City of Detroit, and obviously, again, uh, the Rocket Community Fund. 
And so um, as chief advocate, my role is essentially to brag about all the amazing work that our partners do. Um, that is what I do. I will brag about them. I'll see how incredible they are to work with, how, how great they show up, their strategic uh, visioning that they're able to do to help impact lives. Uh, I could go on all day about that. But, you know, one um, obviously investment that is manifested in the community is by way of these neighborhood technology hubs. So originally we started with a partnership with Brilliant Detroit, and, uh, you know, they are a phenomenal organization as well that provides um, immediate technology assistance to residents in neighborhoods. And so these, they already have a network of neighborhood technology hubs across the city. And we've been able to go from a few of those neighborhood technology hubs to well or to, to over uh, 21 of them now with um, the addition of the 17. And so uh, these neighborhood technology hubs, are organizations who have already been on the ground in communities that already have the trust of residents that we are now making strategic investments in to be able to um, manifest one of our uh, values that we say within Connect Through and Three, which is we progress at the speed of trust. And so as we think about bridging Detroit's digital divide, there's a big trust gap there. People might not trust technology. People might not even trust the city or some of the partners at the table, but that local neighborhood nonprofit that has been doing the work that has been showing up, we are now empowering them with our funding to help us bridge the digital divide in a trust-based way. And so these sites are, are a lot of them, are, you're going to see computer labs there. You're going to see digital literacy or IE basic computer instruction there. You'd be surprised how many people sometimes struggle with something like converting a Word file to a PDF file um, and the more immediate technology needs that we're going to be able to address in real time which is then going to allow us to help bridge this digital divide in a more strategic way and a more underground way. I love that, and I don't think I've ever heard that expression. Joshua Edmonds, Director of Digital Inclusion for the City of Detroit, that you progress, did you say you progress at the speed of trust? A absolutely. And so that is something that we say pretty much all of our community meetings, anytime that um, there's a decision that we're scratching our head on, or if we don't necessarily know what to do next, you say, well, okay, well, what trust do we have with one another, with the community, with people that we're serving, with our partners? And so at the end of the day, that is the speed at which, which we are going to progress at trust, not anything else, not, well, because we have money, we need to spend it, or because we, you know, have some type of ulterior motive, or we ourselves have a vision that the community doesn't have, but no. If we're going to be doing anything, there needs to be trust. And I think that is where we have uh, centered a great deal of our efforts on. Well, I trust you'll be back in touch with us, Joshua, if you need any more if you need any more help with what you're doing as Director of Digital Inclusion for the City of Detroit, bridging that digital divide brilliantly through the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you. We'll look forward to talking again soon. Joining us now is Megan Burrett. Megan is the leader of business development of Planted Detroit. Now, you may not have heard of Planted Detroit. Let me tell you what their goal is. Planted Detroit is a Detroit-based farm whose goal is to make farming more efficient, which will allow communities to source fresh produce locally on a year-round basis, even if those communities have a nice long winter like we do. Megan Bird, welcome to the program. Nice to uh, learn about Planted Detroit. Thank you so much for having us. 
Tell me about it. I mean, it makes sense, obviously. And if you can help us be more efficient with farming, we depend on our farmers and they've been they've been hit with all the troubles of the world and supply chain issues and everything else like we all have been. How can you help? Absolutely. So our founder, Tom Adamchek, saw that there was a lot of opportunity in agriculture to bring more high technology in order to increase efficiency, like you said, but also just to make it possible for us to grow year-round, even into the future, with the volatility that we're seeing. That's an important thought, because uh, we, we depend on our farmers, and as land gets eaten up to be used for other things, and uh, and all of the, the weather curveballs we throw at them, uh, we need to help. And uh, it, it helps all of us when we help the farmers, that's for sure. What compelled your founder to start Planted Detroit? That's a great question. So he was seeing a lot of opportunity in the markets around how agriculture was becoming more vertically integrated. And there's a lot of technology out there, but agriculture is kind of an old school industry. So he thought, can we bring a little bit of technology to agriculture and also bring it to Detroit, which is, of course, as we know, the automation capital of the world, but bring some agricultural automation. So that's what we're doing over in Island View, growing baby greens, herbs, and microgreens 365 days a year. So is all of your farming inside? It is. We are what we call CEA, so Controlled Environment Agriculture, which can mean a lot of things. For us, it means we grow indoors all year. We grow vertically, so we grow stacks essentially in racking like you would see in any warehouse, but uh, much more advanced. Um, And we do grow under lights. So instead of growing under the sun like traditional agriculture, we have lights that we can tailor to what the plants need. And uh, makes it so that we can harvest, grow, and make delicious salads all year. Well, I salute you, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Uh, you might be the only growers uh, in recent memory who aren't spending all of that time, that effort, that controlled environment agriculture on marijuana. You're doing it. You're <laughs> you're doing it on fresh produce, which I hate to say is far more important, but not nearly as profitable, I would think. You're so right, and that's often the first thing I say, is we grow indoors, we don't grow cannabis. And (laughs) we're, you know, no problem at all with cannabis. And actually, we're grateful to the industry because the rise of it has made technology come down in price, which makes it possible for us to grow affordably at um, the types of categories that we grow. Um, so it is very similar technology, but you're right. We're growing food and we grow these greens, herbs and microgreens, and then we actually make them into ready to eat salads. So we're not only growing close to Detroiters, but we're also answering their convenience concerns around how do I have a fresh, healthy lunch that's easily accessible. Oh, so, so when you deliver your product, it's already in this case, at least uh, so far set up as salads. That's exactly right. So we make the salads with everything that we grow, and then we buy from some friends down at Eastern Market for those things that we don't grow indoors because we only grow a couple of categories of produce. Add some dressing, some toppings, and there there you go, a perfect healthy lunch that's Detroit-grown. I love this idea. PlantedDetroit.com is a place that you can look and learn more, PlantedDetroit.com. And this would indicate to me that you you are up and running and your products are already being consumed and enjoyed by people around this area. 
That's right. We have been in operation for close to four years. Oh, my. And initially, yeah, we were just selling to restaurants and other wholesale customers. When the pandemic hit, of course, that changed everything. And we understood that consumers were looking for more fresh food to come right to their, tor- to their door. So we pivoted, became a salad manufacturing and delivery business, and it's just been on the uphill climb since then. So I would, I would hope that uh, if, if you are serving uh, or servicing, I guess better put, uh, restaurants and such, they would be uh, welcoming you with open arms because you're providing them a ready-made, uh, high, really high-class product. Yep, you're right. We both satisfy those restaurants with wholesale products. Like if they're using herbs for their own dishes, of course, we supply that to them. And then we have some customers that want that ready-to-eat salad that they can retail. And then we also, in addition to delivering direct to customers right from the farm, which is the closest you know, connection mm-hmm. to how it's grown, um, we also sell in Rivertown Meyer that just came in on the Jefferson and then a few other retailers, including some plum markets and at Henry Ford Hospitals. Well, that's good news. That's, uh, you know, and they've certainly Henry Ford has been at the forefront of serving the freshest and healthiest of foods. That's not always been the case with hospitals, but that is the case at Henry Ford. I know for a fact in watching what they've done over the years, uh, and your products seem to fit right in with that. It's it, We will look for, if we're at Plum Market or one of those uh, higher-end places, mm-hmm. We look in the area where there are vegetables and fruits, and we looked for a prepackaged, uh, planted Detroit container. Can you describe it, or is it just kind of what we're used to, those plastic containers with salad in them? <laughs> you're right. It is a little bit different from what people are used to looking for, and you're right. It's in the produce department, so along with all the other fresh fruits and vegetables, you'll find our salads. And they're in a square container that has a, a film lid. And you actually can mix the salad yourself. That way the crunchy ingredients stay crunchy and the sweet ingredients stay sweet. And then you have a freshly mixed salad for your lunch. So you can look right in the produce department for your planted Detroit salads. Controlled environment agriculture. Are these salads a little more expensive than the others because of the quality? Or have you been able to sell them at a competitive salad price, even though your salad is superior? I would say that they are competitive, but on the higher end, simply because of the fresher ingredients and the technology that goes into growing them. Because we have to pay for the lights, we don't have a free source of energy in the form of the sun, so it does cost a little bit more, but that's why we're growing the farm, no pun intended. <laughs> we are building another farm in Island View and hopefully, um, fingers crossed, another farm in Detroit in the next two years. So the more growing capacity we have, the more affordably we can grow, and then our salads will be a little bit more affordable for the average Detroiter. Now, but you're not, or are you looking for land from my listeners? If they they have a couple acres, they want to do a little business with you, turn over the, the land to you. And then the other question that, uh, before I forget it, is are your salads already washed when we buy them in the store? Two 
great question. So we are looking for land in Detroit in an opportunity zone, but we do have a certain amount of land that we're looking for. So if any of your interest, if your listeners are interested in chatting, please have them just email hello at plantedetroit.com. We'll reply personally and have a conversation. And then the second question you asked is whether the salads are washed. And that's a great question because we don't wash any of our greens before we deliver them to our consumers because our growing practices and our facility is so hyper clean that there's no need for a wash step. So we actually have complete biosecurity from seed to salad. In fact, you have to suit up as if you're going into a pharmaceutical factory to come into the farm. Wow. Boots, hairnet, the whole thing. Cool. Because, you know, most contamination comes from the humans. So we try and protect our little plants from those humans. This is a whole new meaning to clean food. I love it. It's exactly right. And Megan, Ann tells me she just went online to your uh, website at at Mm -hmm. Planted Detroit, or you say hello at Planted Detroit, Um, Mm -hmm. and she said you name your salads. Like there's a New Center salad, there's a Belle Isle salad. Really? We do. You know, we love Detroit so much, and we so intentionally planted the farm in this city that we all love. We hire from Detroit. In fact, 60% of our employees are Detroiters themselves. And we love each and every neighborhood for what it brings to the fabric of Detroit. So each time we develop a new salad, we name it after a neighborhood, both so that we can continue to make sure people know we're Detroit through and through, but also so that we can bring some attention to the wonderful neighborhoods that make up our city. Are Are you planning on expanding to other cities or no? Perhaps. We want to see if we can satisfy all of the demand in southeast Michigan before we leave Detroit. Um, But we know that as agriculture changes, we will have a lot more demand for this type of CEA. And we don't want to put any boundaries on that growth. Well, good for you. And it's uh, so people know it's plantdetroit.com. And I probably should say it's P-L-A-N-T-E-D plantedetroit.com is the proper way to put it planteddetroit.com to find out what Megan has been talking about which is intriguing and exciting and I I congratulate you and thank you for joining us thank you so much for having us this is opportunity detroit talking about the Rocket Mortgage Classic and coming up and all of that. Steve Courtney is here talking uh, golf. There's been so much in the world of golf, and this is something that we're very excited about, including welcoming the defending champion of the Rocket Mortgage Classic, Steve. Yes, indeed, Dub. Uh, the Rocket Mortgage Classic returning to the historic Detroit Golf Club. That will be going on July 26th through the 31st, and by golly, the field is getting very, very impressive. Uh, the likes of Will Zalatoris, Tony Finau, Justin Rose, Jason Day, Cameron Young, Matt Kuchar, Ricky Fowler, Kevin Kisner, and yes, the defending champ, Cam Davis. The Australian defeated 54-hole co-leaders Troy Merritt as well as Joaquin Neiman in a dramatic five-hole playoff to win the 2021 Rocket Mortgage Classic. Uh, we welcome him right now. Cam, how are you, sir? Morning, Cam. Hey, guys. How you doing? Everything Great. is well, my friend. Uh, you're coming back to defend, and uh, obviously uh, you really, really like the course at the Detroit Golf Club, do you not? Yeah, I do. No, any course that treats me like I did last year is on my uh, favorites list, that's for sure. Uh, that was a uh, dramatic round of golf. I mean, a five-hole playoff. I know 
that you have that uh, near and dear to your heart. Not to mention playing well this season. Three top ten finishes, Cam. Yeah, no, this year is, uh, to be honest, it feels like it's been a little up and down, but uh, some good results have been there and um, feel like I'm on a good trend, but I'm hoping uh, the game's all in good shape uh, by the time we get back here in a few weeks to uh, to give it another crack. Let's go back to the uh, Detroit Golf Club. Obviously, as a professional player, Cam, uh, you play a lot of courses. TPC River Highlands, very, very... Uh, uh, challenging. Uh, you had to keep the ball in play. Uh, what is it about the Detroit Golf Club that gets the eye of Cam Davis? Well, I really enjoy the uh, old school designs. Um, you know, using flat piece, flat pieces of land and just using really good design work to make them tricky and difficult. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Donald Ross courses, and this is uh, one of the few that we get to play on tour. So I just, I mean. Historically, I haven't particularly played super well on them, but um, last year it was great to play really good golf for four days in a row and get a win. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting back and playing, and it's uh, it's just a yeah a really enjoyable flat golf course to walk. So physically not too uh, demanding, but um, you really got to concentrate around the greens. And yeah, if you if you play well, you can make some birdies. And planning on uh, trying to do that again. Obviously, I'm seeing, I, you know, I just want to mention, Steve, that winning uh, on the PGA Tour comes with a lot of benefits. And, Cam, you enjoyed them, those benefits, including getting to play in the Masters for the first time. That must have been incredible. It was. My uh, my whole family from Australia came up to uh, share that week with me. It was, uh, yeah, it's so cool finally seeing that place in person after having watched it on TV since you know, four or five years old. So. Being able to go around there and play four rounds, make the cut, play the last round, even though I was first off in the uh, morning, I was able to play with Adam Scott, who's uh, obviously won there before. It was very cool to walk around as a two-ball playing that golf course without anyone having touched it that morning. So very special and, yeah, definitely uh, makes you really pumped to try and get back there again. Obviously, Cam, we are in Detroit so very proud of the Rocket Mortgage Classic bringing professional golf to the Motor City. It's fourth straight year, and you men- uh, I mentioned uh, at the beginning, Cam, of our conversation, uh, those entering the field, and uh, it's very impressive, and it appears as though on the tour, the Rocket Mortgage Classic getting thumbs up. Yeah, uh, it's it was it's been a great event. I mean, it's it's, it's great to see uh, other guys coming along, bigger names coming along, and uh, seeing what it's all about. I mean, they're doing a lot of great great work for the community and all that. But it's actually it's a really good golf course. I think guys jump at the chance to play at a golf course like this um, because it is pretty hard to find these days with uh, the way the game's been going. So uh, I'm sure they'll come out and appreciate what a what a great test this uh, this place is and. Um, yeah, it'd be cool to, Cam, cool to see how they all do. Cam, let me ask you, as the non-golfer in the crowd here, um, the Donald Ross course gets a lot of kudos. You just, again, gave it great praise. And then I've heard this before. You don't get to play a lot of courses like that on the tour. And why is that? Um, I think it's to do a lot with uh, space and infrastructure. Um I mean, they're typically built on smaller pieces of land, and it's pretty hard to fit in all the uh, grandstands and um, 
you know, all the space for all the spectators. So this place has managed to make it work really well. They've got two golf courses out here, so they're able to spread the golf course out a bit more and to get all the uh, infrastructure up. But it's also length of golf course, I think, is just always a little uh, a little short on the shorter side, and they have to do a lot of um, strategic bunkering and, and difficult greens. And uh, I think. You know, it's it's definitely getting to the point where golf courses need to be longer because the game is getting longer. And, um, yeah, these older golf courses just don't really stand up to the test a lot of the time. But, um, but every now and then you come across one that really does, and I think it's, this place does an excellent job for that. This is Opportunity Detroit. up on Opportunity Detroit, Casey Herbis. Casey is the chief marketing officer for Rock Central. That's Rocket Company's centralized company. He oversees both online and traditional marketing initiatives while driving new innovative strategies to captivate the audience of the largest and most trusted mortgage lender in the world, Rocket Mortgage. Casey leads a marketing team of over 300 team members known as Detroit's premier in-house agency. This in-house agency was recently named one of AdAge's best places to work for 2021 and wins dozens of creative awards each year. I, I, I could go on and on talking about all of your accolades. Let me just congratulate you for the very latest of many, Casey. Well, and Paul, listen, it's just an absolute honor to, uh, you know, work for a great company, great brand, and, you know, what I think is the best city in our country. I think you're right. It's a great company and a great city, the best city in the country. Uh, you joined, uh, I recall when you joined uh, the Rocket family in 2017, 24 years into uh, automotive marketing at that point, uh, leading advertising and communications for Fiat, helped successfully reintroduce the Fiat brand to America uh, and to American car buyers through these cheeky and culturally relevant advertising and promotion. You did a great job with some of the some of those Fiat commercials that I recall over the years. Uh, and I think they're still doing well because of you, even though you left. Well, it was an amazing run working. Uh, really loved working on, you know, FCA, now Stellantis and Olivia Francois. And like, it just really helped help bring in the opportunity to uh, come work for Dan and Jay at Rocket Companies. And it's been an amazing five years uh, being part of, you know, Rocket Company. You went from one superstar in Olivier and uh, and now with these two superstars. So Yeah, but, but, you know, sometimes it's fortunate. They say you surround yourself with great people and amazing things can happen. Well, you've done that. And uh, equally important to your brand-building efforts uh, is your work with and dedication to local and national nonprofits, including Special Olympics, Salvation Army, Bethany Christian Adoption Services. Uh, Casey also serves on the board of directors for AdCraft Detroit, Brand Innovators, Forbes CMO Council, AdWeek. Uh, how do you have time for all of this, Casey? Well, uh, they say, you know, time is the most precious commodity we have. But, you know, when you, do, when you love what you're doing, it, uh, you know, it just all... It all comes together, and so just very, very blessed. Well, our Rocket Mortgage Classic, I think fourth annual one now coming up at the end of this month. And uh, it's it's hard to put into words, but if anyone can, you can, Casey, and that is to, to talk about the impact something like this has on our city. 
Yeah, you're right. You're right, Paul. And, you know, you, yourself and WJR has been such a great supporter of this. And, you know, as we, we were uh, partnering up with the PGA Tour, and it was really a vision that Dan Gilbert and Jay Farner had, uh, bring the PGA Tour to the city of Detroit. And as you know, you know, you were there 2019, our inaugural year. It's been an inter- interesting four years, obviously, with one one our first year and then two years of a, you know, a pandemic-affected uh, tournament. And then now our fourth year giving back to what, you know, all the great learnings and uh, lessons that we've learned over the last four years, uh, you know, later this month at the DGC. And, you know, when and one of the things that absolutely does a, an amazing opportunity for us to shine a spotlight on our city, that's one of our big key uh, purposes of doing it. But, you know, above and beyond all that, it's like, what is the impact that we can make in our city and our communities that we work, you know, work, live and play? And, you know, with the bridging the digital divide has just been such an honor to be part of that initiative. And, you know, helping helping do good in our city and our community through the Rocket Mortgage Classic. I'll say it every time. Uh, I will say it every time. Casey Herbis with us, the chief marketing officer, Rocket Mortgage. And that is um, this bridging the digital divide brought new meaning, new importance to the entire PGA. And for every tournament thereafter, have tried to follow what Rocket Mortgage has done by being such a resource and an important provider in the community, they've all decided to do that now. That's a very big deal, and I'm not going to let that slip by, Casey. Well, you know, Paul, it's, it's interesting to say that. When we had to reimagine the Rock and Mortgage Classic at the height of the pandemic, you know, our dates shifted back, we knew we also had to shift our focus with, you know, the impact we wanted to make on the city. And as we all know, not only in Detroit, but other, you know, other cities across our nation, you know, the the uh, the opportunity to bring digital inclusion and education and resources, technology to the, uh, the core cities was became very apparent. And obviously, Detroit, uh, Detroit was there. We we're at 40 percent connectivity at the time, now up to 70 percent over the last few years. And Huge. We, we knew this was an opportunity to not only, again, shine the spotlight on our city, but shine a spotlight on such an important initiative that unfortunately, you know that that was come to that came to bear during the pandemic. I don't care if you're five years old or 85 years old, not having the ability to be connected affects everyone from children through you know through elderly people. Yep, you're absolutely right. And again, it's something that most of us take for granted, but we need to stop and pause and understand that that is not the case for a good number of people in the city of Detroit, and to realize how much growth there's been since this uh, whole uh, uh, digital divide has been talked about and introduced to us in the Connect 313, all of that. And it all comes from a Rocket Mortgage and the family of companies. Now, uh, we've heard some of the golfers, but up to the minute, up to this moment, who are some of the golfers that we can look forward to seeing this year? Yeah, Paul W. And we've we've announced a few of them. Will Zeratoris, who's you know right on the cusp of winning majors, Patrick Cantley, last year's uh, FedEx uh, points leader. And then we've got some first-timers that have not been to the Rocket Mortgage Classic, right? Major winners like Adam Scott, Justin Rose, Tony Finau, first time uh, come to the Rocket Mortgage Classic, uh, Jason Day, Cam Young, who's you know right on target to probably be the uh, PJ Tour Rookie of the Year, Matt Kuchar. I mean, I'm ready, I can't wait to hear all the, uh, you know, all, the, all the folks along the fairways and in the hospitality uh, yelling Cooch. And more to come. We were just out at the Travelers a couple of weeks ago, Jason Langwell and I, and, you know, we're talking to players and agents every single day, and we love where our date is. It's two weeks before the start of the FedEx Cup playoffs, and we know there's going to be even more uh, great PJ Tour players, uh, you know, coming to enjoy our city 
uh, July 26th through the 31st at the Detroit Golf Club. It's going to be absolutely fabulous, and we're excited. The the Paul W. Smith Golf Classic to benefit children's charities is a week before your Rocket Mortgage Classic begins. We get to play on that beautiful course because, trust me when I tell you, they have the course in excellent uh, condition already at the Detroit uh, Golf Club. And yeah, just don't take any major divots. There no, I'm not. I'm going I'm definitely not playing, so I don't <laughs> dig a divot uh, in the in that beautiful course. Uh, so we're gonna do that, and it'll be a lot of fun. We're happy to be the the lead in, if you will, and then the the great Rocket Mortgage Classic, July 26th through the 31st. Uh, remind everybody, if you would, how they can still get a hold of some great uh, tickets for the event. Yeah, Paul W., uh, first and foremost, what's great news, Tuesday and Wednesday are community, Detroit Community Days, uh, free to the public and the residents of the city of Detroit, which is awesome. And then, for obviously, Thursday through Sunday, just go to rocketmortgageclassic.com and uh, come enjoy just an absolutely amazing, beautiful week uh, you know, in our city and then enjoy everything the Rocket Mortgage Classic has to offer. Now, was it your responsibility, Casey, to put in the order for good weather? Uh, yes, I, I was. Uh, I was at a local local church this past week, and uh, I will be going every single week here between now and then. But uh, hopefully, it'll be just like this past weekend, right? Just pure Michigan weekend, and uh, you know, let's just cross our fingers through the end uh, through the end of July. Well, most of us have, uh, in fact, done the non rain dance. That's right. To make it extra special, make sure it all goes well. Thank you so much for all you do. If you need any more help, Casey, let us know. Okay. Thanks, Paul W., and we'll see you soon. Casey Herb is Chief Marketing Officer, Rocket Mortgage, uh, rocketmortgageclassic.com. That's the place to go. Get your tickets. You will love this event. Even if you're not a big lover of golf, you're going to love this event. Thanks to our guests today, Joshua Edmonds, Director of Digital Inclusion. Of course, Casey Herbis, Chief Marketing Officer, Rocket Mortgage. Uh, Cam Davis, the defending champion of this classic, coming up. Uh, Megan Burritt, the leader of business development for PlantedDetroit.com. You go on out, make it a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you Monday through Friday, 6 till 9 on WJR. Regards, Paul W. Smith.